So we are back with Ryan C. Ryan C, man, you have been really, this has been a really educational and informative um, episode so far. And I think even though it's it's your perspective and these are your opinions, um, I, I think that a lot in the community will, will be, not only benefit, um, there are some seasoned people who I think would totally agree with everything that you're saying. Um, because it, it's just super important. This, some of this stuff is just non-debatable when you when it comes to our community. Um, there are those who are just kind of laissez-faire about it. I used to be one of those people, especially with the uh, with the setup and maintenance. I was just like, just put the record on the turntable, right? <laughs> but uh, but no, I think uh, I think conversations like this have changed me, um, and and just seeing the benefits of of hearing the music more clearly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm better uh it's it it works it it benefits um Mm -hmm. those who may may doubt the process that you're talking about Mm -hmm. so um do you want to hop into uh, turntable accessories because this is something that a lot of people talk about or the the topic that was like you said so heady for me this was a super wrapping my (laughs) head around this was a little difficult i'm not even gonna Uh lie Uh because when it gets into the preamps and the amps Uh I stick with an amplifier that has a preamp built uh-huh. in. Yes. I have one of those receivers. Yes. So like it, it's kind of a one and done type of situation. Uh-huh. Um, so I think going here, hold okay. on to your horses. Yes. Yes. Everyone, because this <laughs> is a super heady thing. I'm not even a lot. Um, but so I don't, I don't, even, I don't even know what this is. What is a phono stage? What is, uh, okay. what is that? I'm going to, I'm going to give the, the audience, <laughs> Should I know this? Uh, I'm going to give the audience forewarning. For these next five ten minutes is about to occur so everything that's going to come out of my mouth in these next five or ten minutes um if you currently are enjoying your setup and you're listening to your setup right now whatever it is and you like everything about it and you're confident about your turntable setup and your cartridge setup and you've got it all plugged into some kind of like integrated solution whether it be like a receiver or an integrated amplifier that has volume control and all that stuff and everything is sounding tip top, you can ignore me for the next five or 10 minutes. You just, just, just just (laughs) skip, just skip after this conversation. Um, So this next part is for those of you that are really into, I don't want to say the nerdier aspects, but when I wrote out these notes and then I saw how big this next section was, I was like, man, this is but in, in reading through it, it was like, okay, like, yes, this guy's I, about this life. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. For for the sake of the public record, yes, we will talk about it. I will try to make it as pain free as possible to the best of my ability. I'm, I'm just I'm just giving the audience just a heads up. Okay, uh, let's go. So the um, like we talked about, vinyl playback is a a holistic integrated solution. Okay, um, you've got record on a turntable that uh, record groove is going to be read by a very uh, fancy diamond stylus uh, attached to a cartridge and um, that sends the audio signal through the tone arm and then that signal exits your turntable and has to go somewhere okay so the thing the actual name of the 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 part that the signal coming out of your turntable 
goes into is what's referred to as a phono stage. So the word phono, P-H-O-N-O, was the official name, what they called the signal coming out of your turntable. And that comes, that that is a term that's been used, I think, that ever since, um, and we'll talk about this, what's known as RIAA, the recording yeah. industry, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they were the ones that created that term whether that be the 1930s or 1940s when all this kind of stuff was and we still use it so mm -hmm. that is in difference to something that's called a line signal so a line mm -hmm. signal is a, a a audio signal that um is ready to be sent to your amplifier and to your speakers and is ready to rock a phono signal is something is uh, is 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 an audio thing that is so small in volume and in level that you have to amplify it and you have to do stuff to it in order to allow it to be usable right so the 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 audio coming out of your turntable like if you were just to hook up your turntable output to some random speakers mm -hmm. you would actually not even really get any sound or it would be this like very tiny buzzy sound some turntables do have built-in like phono preamps is that the other term that it goes by um and like you can activate it with the press of a button on the back of your turntable um so if you're in that position you're ready to rock you're okay um but even with uh, but a lot of turntables especially like the quote-unquote higher quality turntables mm -hmm. they don't have these built-in preamps in the back because traditionally in the audiophile space um taking such a specialized function and putting it in its own box or putting it in a different putting it on a different device mm -hmm. typically offers some better performance so for the sake of this discussion we're going to assume that the back of your turntable doesn't have this also phono stage preamp option on the back and that you need to connect your turntable to some kind of preamplifier amplifier thingy before it goes to your speakers like in your setup and my setup so going back to kind of the the, the nerdy part of the discussion um that phono signal that comes out of your turntable is number one very small and very tiny and number two um records are cut using a standard called R the riaa industry standard for cutting records so the actual person that cuts records at the cutting place to create the lacquer they have to do a couple of things to the sound of that record in order to optimize record playback so the cutting engineer has to apply this riaa curve and when someone cuts a record they are actually removing some of the bass onto the record so like um this was established because they realized that if you took the original master tape or the original digital high res stream with all of the music in its full glory and if you just they found that if you just put that onto a record without doing special stuff to the signal the record would be very hard to play back in a normal home scenario like it's almost as if like there's certain things about the sound the bass and the high frequencies mm -hmm. there there there's too much there that made it hard to play back so they developed this trick and this technique where 
when they cut the actual record itself, they're going to remove some bass. And I wish I'd, I should have done, they, they do something else to the high frequencies, which I'm, I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Basically, they modify the sound of the original music mm-hmm. cutting onto the record, but there has to be a place where they restore that sound back. Gotcha. So RIAA produced this really cool standard where they basically say, people that are cutting records, you have to do this, reduce the bass, and do this other thing to the high frequencies and then people that make like phono stages and phono preamps and all that kind of stuff you have to reverse that mm. Mm. so if like you think, a weird trick yes <laughs> and i know it sounds like why couldn't they just do it why, why yeah. do you have to do your it has to deal with like record playback mm-hmm. um because um eve um especially back in the day where they mm-hmm. the turntable setups were were not as advanced as they are now yeah, yeah like those those record players wouldn't be able to actually play the records okay that yeah that makes sense that makes sense yes. because if you ever look at any any old films or anything like yes. that you, you'll see those those uh turntables and phonos where you know they have the yes. big horn coming out of them so um, yes yeah. and that's actually like this is kind of an off tangent item but like one of like rudy van gelder mm-hmm. the 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 acclaimed engineer mm-hmm. that did all of those blue note recordings and note, yeah. a lot of the impulse stuff and so on and so forth yeah. like he actually he did a he did this trick where in addition to like doing the normal stuff where you kind of cut up the, you know cut up like he did some things to the audio signal new cut records to not only make them like in the 50s and 60s a record company could lose a lot of money based on returns of their records mm. like people would take records home and like mm-hmm. try to play it on their little home turntable and like they i uh it's jump uh the the needle keeps jumping the needle keeps skipping mm-hmm. and they would return that record and that's a mm-hmm. loss of the record company mm-hmm. so a part of rudy van gelder's genius was he knew how to cut records not to only make them sound good but he knew how to cut records to make them play back smoother at that home jump causing less returns so that's that, that that's basically just like a random thing um where so much of this is just like can the thing actually go home and play on a person's record player without them returning it because that would be a loss for the company mm. um so this riaa stuff was implemented during this time and even though the technology is advanced to a point nowadays where I think you technically don't need to do this RIA stuff, stuff anymore because it's such a standard thing. All records are still cut with the RIAA standard curve, which means that people, the, the phono stages and the phono preamps, they still have to reverse those RIAA effects is basically what that is. So I say all this because um, the phono stage and the phono preamps they actually differ in their ability to do that step. Okay, explain. So what I mean by that is the most ideal, like let's imagine the most perfect phono stage and most perfect phono preamp that exists out there. What, um, just to kind of like to get a good starting point, um, the, the best one would do two really good basic things. It would take the signal coming out of your turntable and be able to restore the signal back 
to its original frequency levels would be able to restore back the base to what it was before they had to cut out some of that base would restore the mid-range frequencies perfect would restore the high frequencies perfect and um there's a couple of different ways that they do that like some standard ways that they do that so the Mm. best um uh so Mo, uh, the the phono stage preamp is really important for the sound that you're getting and that it's actually the sound of the actual recorded event in the first place mm. yeah it's kind of like you had to filter out the record yeah in order to cut it and then you have to need unfilter to, yeah yeah need to get it back you have, in yeah you yeah have to, wow. you have to like reverse wow. filter the thing yeah it's it's an old industry standard that unfortunately <laughs> is not going to go away and i gotcha. only say this because um it's just like it's just it's part of the system and part of the playback mm-hmm. and you'll notice most phono stages or phono preamps they'll have some kind of technical specification that says like riaa like yeah, standard curve yeah. you'll see like you know it follows it by one decibel or half a decibel and mm-hmm. and typically you want that threshold to be as small as possible like if you see a phono stage phono preamp that's like we follow the riaa curve um closer than 0.5 db mm-hmm. all that means is they're paying a lot of attention to restoring the sound of your record back to its original kind of shape mm. that's crazy that's that's pretty yes. cool that's pretty it's pretty intense yeah. but it's pretty yeah. cool at the same time and that's just one aspect yeah uh, the <laughs> the other aspect is because that that audio signal coming out of your turntable inherently is very small and tiny mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it also it needs to be amplified and it needs to be amplified to become a much larger bigger it needs to turn into a line signal that then can be sent to your amplifier and sent to be and sent to your speakers and that is can sometimes be a very hard job to do right mm-hmm. um taking such a tiny signal and making it much larger without adding too much noise and adding too much distortion into it, mm-hmm. um, it, it can be a tricky thing. So the the long story short of all this technical jamboree stuff that we just went through is that the phono stage, phono preamp is a is a pretty critical piece of a of the whole vinyl playback system mm-hmm. um the best scenario is you've got some kind of integrated amp that does all this for you without yeah. you having to think like uh, most people use a single box that takes the signal from their turntable does all of this fancy riaa curve amplification mm-hmm. and you've got a volume knob on your your box and it just sends it to your speakers and everything sounds great <laughs> so if you've got all of that like you're 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 in a good place if you're someone that there's something weird happening in that whole process mm-hmm. um you're getting an excessive number of pops and clicks a lot of times the pops and clicks that you might hear it's actually not from the record it's something electrically happening inside the phono stage in the photo preamp that's so interesting <laughs> yeah so if you if you are experiencing playback and just like sonic issues an excessive amount of pops and clicks um very noisy sound distorted sound um 
and you've concluded that your turntable is not at issue, your cartridge is not an issue, your speakers are not at issue. A lot of times the issue is what's happening in that phono stage mm -hmm. element. Wow. Wow. And here the whole time I thought it, all those pops and clicks were due to dust and all that stuff. That there, there is that element incredible. too, but like you'll, you'll get all these reports of like people like complaining about pops and ticks, but they're like, my record looks perfect. Yeah. And otherwise my record sounds fine, but I'm getting all of these random pops and clicks. And what's happening is records, some records are cut very dynamically with yeah. very, what you want. You want the full dynamics of your music and you want that to be preserved on your record for mm -hmm. like maximum enjoyment. But some of these records are cut in a way where you've got such extreme dynamic swings Mm -hmm. that when the when the audio goes bam 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 you know what i mean that yeah, I totally i totally get it yeah the phono stage has to be able to handle that that makes sense that makes sense and, and if the phono stage can't handle that that's where sometimes you'll hear where the music wants to go pop 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 it wants to do that mm -hmm. and if your phono stage can't handle those huge dynamic swings especially if you listen to very dynamic music mm -hmm. your phono stage gets it, it gets it can't handle it and it it plays back like distortion and noise and sometimes you'll hear like crackling mm -hmm. like every time you hear the, the the hits in the music you might get a little tiny crackle mm. or even like at worse like the phono stage just gets overloaded and then you'll hear it as like a, a pop pop like a, but a very that's interesting yeah that's interesting a, especially with especially with the newer records i've i've been a victim of that as well i've seen i've seen that um, typically in my Audio Technica LP60, I used to see that a lot with new records that I will I know they weren't, you know, dirty or dusty or anything mm -hmm. like that, mm -hmm. brand new out of the sleeve, mm -hmm. so that makes sense that, that yeah. just one of those things where everything didn't line up right I yeah. guess, and yeah. yeah that's like one of the things that you'll see, like people will blame the record, it's mm -hmm. it's dirty, I used to blame the um, record, yeah yeah, um, which there are there there's still can be those issues like the pressing that. right like that yeah. we, and we talked about that with reissue yes. some of the yes. reissue companies that yeah. you know don't take a lot of pride in, in their yes. in their work but that's not always the case is what you're saying no that's not always the case yeah gotcha. um, and you know this is also one of those cases places where like having like someone that you can like talk to <laughs> or community. someone yeah that the community is like so it's like it's so important or having like a record store owner that offers some kind of like you know um can help you with setup and yeah. can help you um like i one of my local record store owners i think he'll actually like go to your house that's awesome. Um, That's awesome. And check out your and check out like your setup, um, you know. So like having some kind of person that can do that, because trying to even get all this stuff from a podcast or trying to read it online form, yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 I I acknowledge it can be overwhelming. It is super overwhelming, and that was one of the <laughs> things I noted not only with 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 your notes, by the way, <laughs> because I mean that part was it, the way you listed it out and the way you explained it is extremely informative but you are so right it's when you're i can only imagine how a new person would feel 
just just introed into this community and then they're bombarded and, and they're looking up you know how to set up or how to set up the turntable and then they're hit with all of this information it is especially with the the phono and line in line out all that mm -hmm. stuff that is extremely heady yeah. stuff as you as you said yes. in your email it is very heady and like yeah it's no one's fault it's just the nature of the community it's the so, nature yeah so like, it's the nature of it. like it's the nature of the vinyl industry standard a lot of the vinyl industry standards were initially set in the 1940s and the 1950s mm -hmm. which we still use today yeah. Yeah. so like that riaa curve is like definitely one of the standards that like we still cut records using the riaa curve we cut out the bass we cut out some of the high frequencies mm -hmm. we expect the device that you connect your turntable to ultimately will return that back to normal as perfectly as possible, mm -hmm. which we find doesn't necessarily happen. Um, and that's just kind of like unfortunate, like one of like the nature of the beast, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's okay to, uh, to go to people in, in, in real life, uh, the record store owners here in DC, mm -hmm. as you said, in Chicago, mm -hmm. uh, they're all, I know all of them personally, I treat them like rock stars, which they, they, mm -hmm. they somewhat deserve, but you know, mm -hmm. uh, but whatever, uh, they're all, <laughs> they're all really awesome. All of them. Uh, like I said, I know all of them and, and they're all really cool people. So like, and, and not just not just the owners too. Some of the staff, they're all really yeah. cool people. Um, yeah. One, one thing I noticed with vinyl playback issues is like, if I were to act, like if you had a question for me, which for anyone listening out there, please, please, please feel free to send any email, like any technical good, emails. You're just send them to me directly at ryanclaren at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. um, and I can do my best to answer any like playback issues that you might have. Um, almost all vinyl playback issues like if I was actually in your house on your setup, I could probably solve it within five minutes. Mm. It's like one of those things where it's like if you're physically there and can physically see what's happening and occurring, it's it's very easy to diagnose. But trying to diagnose these things online <laughs> um, or trying to get a lot of these questions diagnosed online is it, very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So email, email Ryan, and this is a good place to kind of um, – put the plug in here as well um you can always email me and uh at the show uh, and that is the record spinner podcast at gmail.com um people have been following the facebook page thank you guys so much um i've still been getting the trickles of emails in continue to send those emails in um by the way i gotta forward you an email that i got uh, a few a few weeks ago actually yeah uh, it's very interesting you'll like it yeah um it's nice. it's kind of heady like this yeah <laughs> yeah so, so you'll you'll enjoy Good. it um yeah but yeah also uh ig rebirth of the cool mm -hmm. and uh and don't forget to check out the website and the forum that i'm trying to build that yeah. is uh the record spinner.com but yeah, let's get back into, I guess yeah. this is kind of the, uh, is there any additional stuff with the phono stage that you want to no, add? No, um, other than, you know, the long story short out of all of that stuff is in an ideal world, mm -hmm. you've got all of this being taken care of for you in an integrated amp solution where you don't have to think too much about it. <laughs> after, after all of that huge kind of technical stuff, um, 
if you are currently just using a single box that handles the signal from your turntable and does the volume control and does the amplification and sends it to the speakers and everything to your ears is sounding tip top and you're enjoying everything, mm -hmm. then you, you typically don't have anything to worry about or issue. The only times you where you really have to worry about the phono stage or the phono preamp is mm -hmm. if you're a crazy audiophile that's trying to level up the experience, uh, which at this point, you're probably just better off going on the forums or emailing me directly yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, sure. or if you're getting some like playback issues and you're having such a hard time figuring out like why are you getting these excessive pops and clicks why are you getting the crackle uh, why are you not getting um, I know my speakers are good but for whatever reason the sound coming out of my vinyl I'm not getting the bass and the high frequencies mm. that I think I should be getting. Uh, why is my vinyl playback playing with a lot of like noise and I'm hearing some distortion. So if you're getting some like weird issues with your vinyl playback and you feel confident your records are cool, your turntable's cool, your cart's cool, your amplifier's cool, your speakers are cool, and you're just like racking your brain, what is going on? Like, it's typically something happening in the phone stage or the phone preamp. Listen to the man. Listen to him. Um, I want to hop into the last piece of this amazing episode, Ryan. So just, again, kudos to you for writing this up. And, I mean, you get all the credit in the world. Um, and bringing this to the record spinners, I think it's very important. Um I pride myself on, again, um, being a very intro level um, person when it, especially when it comes to the technical side of things uh, with records. And so I think getting them while they're young, right? Like that's mm -hmm. kind of what this is, like trying to get these, trying to get a lot of people, listeners who may not understand this stuff at this place because they're new, but having them understand that it's important. So planting that seed, if you will, um, just letting them know that eventually they can they can be however young they want to be in this, but eventually you're going to to have to take a lot of this stuff serious. And and there will be a crossroad, especially with this preamp stuff. I've been looking into preamps a little bit myself lately. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have like I said, I have a receiver, so I don't know if I want to get into that. Mm -hmm. um, but that's been something I've been tinkering with in in my head. So yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes. I'll update, mm -hmm. of course, on the show, mm -hmm. but. Let's talk accessories. Yeah, because sure. this is something I, I briefly touched on um, earlier with uh, with me getting the new head show and, and cartridge. Um, uh, I, I always buy like a lot of like brushes and, and cleaning solution <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah, where where is all that stuff to you? Like, what what do you yeah. think about the accessory part of? I think it can be a little too much sometimes. But it's it's know. it can it can definitely be a lot. Um, especially for a new vinyl user, um, you know, so, uh, so let's say you buy your first turntable setup from like your local record store. I think mm -hmm. that's, that's, um, you know, some people are doing the Amazon thing, which is perfectly fine. Some people are finding an online vendor. Uh, but I think there's, I think there is still a sizable market of people, especially if you're if you're an older person where you still like the experience of like going into a store and getting that experience. So the in-store shopping experience is from the record store. Typically so you, we talked about this before where a lot of mm -hmm. record store owners and um, one of, 
I can I can speak from experience because I've seen this conversation where the record store owner sells the turntable and then I don't want to say it's like upselling because I know they're not upselling on purpose, mm -hmm. but the record store owner is so excited that they're selling a turntable and getting a new customer that they then start offering them all these accessories. Well, you need this and you need that and you need this and you need that and you need this and you need that. And um, that is not... Uh, that can be overwhelming. Very <laughs> overwhelming. Um, yes. So uh, yeah, so I'll start off this with like, what are some of the most basic accessory things that you need just for even like maintenance and setup and just like basic playback. So um, one of the most basic things that I can think of that you should get when as a vinyl user, um, uh, it's called a hand counter. Mm. So yeah, it's that, that very old school, like click, 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 click. You mm -hmm. click it with your hand and then there's like some readout. Um, and I love it because it's like, it's an analog device, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I love it. So I have one of these old school hand counters where every time I play a record side, I click, mm -hmm. I click, I click. So that keeps track of how many record sides. And the reason why this is important is because your stylus your cart the stylus on your cartridge has a limited lifetime yep. span yep it's not gonna last forever yeah and when you buy a cartridge it will tell you like more often than not like what's the expected lifetime span mm -hmm. so um you know at minimum that can be 500 hours mm -hmm. um for really advanced styluses um it can be like a thousand fifteen hundred hours and just like a car with like your oil changes like mm -hmm. you can you know you can go over a little bit like you don't always have to change your car's mm -hmm. oil at every three thousand miles you did another um, you did another car analogy by i know um but it's the same thing with with the cartridge um if you have a belt drive that that also factors into after a certain number of like record sides they say you should change out the belt of yeah. your belt drive. Yeah, I table. had to do that twice with my in, yeah. in the five year span. Yeah. So I probably yeah. did it a little too, too. I did it too little mm -hmm. um, for yeah. my LP 60 because yeah. in five years, I looking back, I should have probably changed the belt more than two tw twice, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then, you know, basically um, three uh, playing three record sides is about an hour of mm -hmm. it's about an hour of actual music playback so you've got your hand counter and you just divide that by three mm -hmm. and that tells you like how many hours you've put on this particular cart or how many hours you've put on this particular belt mm -hmm. and it's just it's such a basic like maintenance thing but it's it's important because what people run into a lot of issues especially if you spin as many records as i have mm -hmm. if you don't like you get into a place where the diamond wears down to the point of where it's going to start like doing weird things, not only to your sound, but start actually kind of carve physically carving into the side of the record mm -hmm. grooves of your records. And at a certain point in time can cause some damage to your records, which is the last thing you want. Cause you can't, you can't recover and restore that information. Um, so just Super keeping a little, keeping a little hand. Some, I know some people, they have an app on their like iPhone or Android device. Um, so you can get super fancy with it, but I just yeah. use your basic hand analog counter. Um, and I just want to say that that is a, that is a very unique perspective, uh, Ryan, because 
I watch a lot of YouTube videos and, and other podcasts and uh, around in the record, you know, and especially in the in the headier stuff, the technical stuff that I'm learning so much about all the time. And with recommendations, there are a lot of recommendations. Typically, they'll say, you know, a brush or, you know, or one of their first things is like, you know, um, a, a cleaning solution or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why those are only two things on my mind right now. But yeah. you suggest a hand counter. That's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. That's just like cheap, basic, like, you know, no one out there can argue that things have a limited lifetime span which means like you need some easy solution to keep track of stuff. So yeah. that's that I'm kind of starting from that place. Um, like after, it. after that, um, you know, the next thing that I'd recommend that I think offers you the most bang for the buck and actually helps your, your, your listening experience is some kind of like, well, we, it's uh, the, uh, they call it a stylus cleaner. Mm-hmm. Um, and stylus cleaners is something that you would uh, apply to the stylus, to the diamond, mm-hmm. to keep it relatively clean and tip-top shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are so many different products out there to do this mm-hmm. that it can be overwhelming. Um, what I recommend is it's called the Anzao Zero Dust. So Anzao, O-N-Z-O-W, uh, Zero Dust. It's basically this like this this goop. It's like this bubble. Like of like of this, it's like this gelatinous bubble (laughs) that you um, you put it on top of your turntable. You using the Q lever, you lower the Q of your um, of your stylus, your cartridge, onto this goop. You don't touch it. You just let it drop onto the goop, and then you pull it up. And then what happens is as you pull up the needle from the the gelatinous goop that this thing Mm -hmm. is, this gelatinous bubble, um, the bubble takes with it the dust and the lint and the nasty stuff, all that nasty stuff, because you actually see it like you actually have to like every once in a while, you have to take out the bubble and like Mm -hmm. wash it out and it lasts forever. Um, And it's like the easiest, like I do that with every new record that I play. That's awesome. So. I put my I put a record on the table. I've got my little Anza Zero Dust. I drop it. Pull uh, use the Q lever, pull it up. Never do it by hand, right? Because mm-hmm, delicate. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, bam, bam, bam. You're ready to go. Um, also, like when you buy, uh, when you like every cartridge, like when you buy a cartridge, it should come with like its own like little brush. Mm-hmm, so I yes. always use the manufacturer brush that comes with the cartridge that you buy yep. it should come with some kind of little stylus brush yep yep and uh, the I, water fine came with uh yes. with one that i've been using uh yes. they only recommend using that one and so i've yes. really followed the rules with this usually yes. I, i'll be a rebel and be like oh i'm gonna use <laughs> but, but i've only yes. used that one yeah yes so and um there are a lot of cleaning solutions that uh, that um that they advertise oh apply this clean this chemical to your needle to mm-hmm. your stylus mm-hmm. and it will help it um and i would recommend stay away from those for rem- stay away from those and only follow the manufacturer's recommendations so mm-hmm. ordafon as a manufacturer mm-hmm. they say don't use any cleaning solutions mm-hmm. on their on their cartridges mm-hmm. so follow their orders yeah. um audio technica says you can use this particular cleaning solution and only use it every so often so 
you follow the manufacturer's um, orders because those yeah. are very fancy and expensively produced diamonds that you that you have to take care of. Yeah. Um, and as long as you follow the manufacturer's um, orders, Orderfon says all you need is a brush. Mm. Audio Technica says something different. Sure says something different. You just have to follow um, what they say. whatever you're using, what they're saying. Um, but basic, um, that Anzal Zero Dust, as long as you follow the directions and don't do anything crazy with it, um, is a great maintenance tool. Some people, instead of an Anzal Zero Dust, mm. they'll actually use a block of uh, magic eraser. Yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah, I've heard of that yeah. one as well. Yeah. And you just want your most basic magic eraser some of these magic erasers have like scents to them and like different like chemicals mm -hmm. added you want the most basic white magic eraser block and people will like cut them up into like a sizable block yeah that you can put on top of your turntable and and, and use a cue lever lower the cartridge onto the block pull it up and the like the anza zero dust the gelatinous bubble the there's like the magic eraser block will actually pull some of that guck and the mm. lint and the dust from your cart to also help that and the magic eraser as long as you don't do anything crazy with it like you'll see some people take it and like rub it against yeah, the, I've, I've by seen, hand yeah, no yeah, don't do don't that do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it's just like it's stable you drop the cart onto it you lift it up and then bam so if you don't want to pay the 20 or 30 bucks for the Anza Zero Dust, go ahead and use a block of Magic Eraser. But even that 20 or 30 bucks that you spend on the Anza, like the thing lasts a lifetime. So it's like a lifetime kind of thing. It's like, yeah. I'm going to go check it out right after this. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the Magic Eraser, it, it works. It's like the same difference. Um, so those are really the the two that like you start off with you had mentioned this before about the record brush yeah so the reason why i don't use a record brush is because i actually i have a record cleaning machine mm, okay okay so cool. which one do you have um uh, i have uh from a company called nitty gritty mm -hmm. nitty gritty uh they were one of the um they're one of they're like um um, the go-to gold standard for record cleaning machines is like the VPI 16.5. It's like this it. big block yeah. vacuum thing. Yeah. Sounds like uh, an airplane taking off when you yeah. actually use the <laughs> Which is like, you know, it's, it's like a downside. Like if you're like in an apartment setting yeah. um, or if you don't have a place to put these things, then it's, it's then a lot of times it's, it's, it's a, it's a non-starter. Yeah. Um, but if you have the ability to have one of these record cleaning machines, um, the technology has allowed it to be at a price point uh, that's more reasonable back in the day these were like really expensive things nowadays they're starting to come down in price um i was able to get mine used at like a bargain basement price awesome. and, um so i just kind of like lucked out into it um and the record cleaning machine um most of these are vacuum based the mm -hmm. ones that are at a price level and it's for long story short it's um, a thing that you put your record, you apply some kind of liquid solution to the record, and then there's this little hose that basically sucks up all of the guck uh, from your record. And I do this with all my records, uh, including, awesome. my, including my new purchases. And the okay. reason why I do this is twofold. Number one, um, every vinyl record has an inherent static charge attached to it. Mm -hmm. So... Um, cleaning your records through a vacuum using the right solution will take away any of that static charge. Mm. So if I'm already cleaning the record at its source, 
Mm -hmm. And I'm neutralizing the static charge of the record. Like I, I, I don't, I, I don't even have to use my brush. Hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of the record cleanliness. The brush can sit and collect the other dust. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So I do have a little record brush that I use. It's, I think it's the audio tech, the whatever the audio technica record brush is. Mm -hmm. But um, I have one of those. Yeah. Yes, but I, I, I don't, I don't really use it often. That's awesome. That's awesome. And and that's I have a routine that's not super similar. I have a I don't know what this thing is. It's a little sticky green roller. It's a roller essentially okay. that I use ev for every record. And so mm -hmm. that, that that that's my thing. Um mm -hmm. I haven't deep cleaned any records at this mm -hmm. point. Um we'll be doing that shortly though. I, I yeah. have a technique that I'm working on. I, I can't yeah. disclose because I'll yeah. be judged. <laughs> but, but uh but yeah for every record that i i, I play new or old uh, i roll this thing across i roll the brush around the record a few times getting all of that ex excess dust off of it and then to i do from dry to wet i don't know if that's the right way i forget if that's the right way for all of the the audio files out there um but i do dry to wet not wet to dry um so and then after that if, if the record's really old especially i'll apply some solution to the record mm. And then I'll uh, use a, the, one of the flat brushes to, mm -hmm. to scoop all of that up. And yeah. So, yeah, that's essentially for every record that I play. That's mm -hmm. my routine. Um, and I, I love your routine because that, that machine is, I've seen reviews of that machine and, and mm -hmm. apparently it's a really, really nice machine. Yeah. I've been yeah. thinking about looking into investing in one because I do need an official like cleaner, right? Like, so yes. that's something that, that I do encourage every record collector out there to get involved with, get it, find it secondhand, like Ryan did, mm -hmm. um, save up your money. Like I'm doing to buy one, mm -hmm. whatever you can do. Um, but it's very important that you you take care of your records. Um, Ryan, I want to get into one final thing before yeah, we go here. We're yeah. running, we're actually running out of time on my <laughs> on my card here. You see me like glancing uh, over all the time. Uh -huh. I'm like running out of time here, but it's okay. Um, let's talk about record sleeves. Yeah, now, this is something I'm actually really excited to talk about because yeah. I feel like I know a thing or two about some record sleeves. Uh, again, there are a lot, of, <laughs> there are a lot of differing uh, record sleeves out yeah. there. Uh, you have um, the the. I, I love the fact that a lot of reissue companies are getting away from the old yes. fashion. Yes. Giving you essentially wallpaper to put a record <laughs> in, <laughs> cardboard paper to put this in. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are getting into like the the very sleek and very dust free. Uh, I don't yes. want to call them plastic, but what are they? What would you call them? Um, um it's, 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 I, geez, yeah, it's, I want to say plastic. Yeah. Um, you know, Plastic high density polyethylene, sleeve, whatever, super yeah. nice sleeves. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it so much because when I first got involved, this was something that before I even got into the technical piece mm -hmm. of, of records that I knew was potentially damaging the records. I, mm -hmm. It was just like second nature to me, like yeah, exactly. putting this this record that has these very fine grooves back into, like I said, this cardboard paper. Yeah. And this cardboard paper could potentially scratch it. It, yeah. it harms it. It mm -hmm. it collects all types of dust. And yep. just, you'll see it when you pull it out of the sleeve. Yeah. It has all this paper and, and gook on it. So it's just really not conducive to uh, to the record collecting hobby. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that people are getting away from it. So. Mm -hmm. 
what is what's some of your favorite sleeves ryan yeah so um my my go-to comes from a place i think they're based out in tennessee uh sleeve city sleeve city i think their nice. website is like sleevecityusa.com um so i've got a lot of those um the easy um like if you're an amazon person um or just like one of the more basic ones is the mobile fidelity sleeves yeah, Mofa, you'll hear that yeah. A lot, yeah just because they're they're so you can find them everywhere you can um if you're if you if you're an amazon user you can get them on the amazon they're like so easy those are like the those are those are pretty typical yeah. um you can go you know um super fancy uh what i'm noticing is a lot of companies that press their own records mm -hmm. so like we've talked about got a groove records yeah, got a groove. groove records is this really quality pressing plant that they use these really nice sleeves in their records mm -hmm. but they also sell them like on their website awesome. i got awesome. a groove um like analog productions um you know that website that company uh their pressing plant quality record pressing um they use their own sleeves so what i would recommend is if you ever buy a record and you see that they're using this really nice custom uh plastic with a paper backing sleeve and it just feels really sleek and smooth like you'll know like when the record feeling. just slides out of the thing I like i love butter. that feeling bro like yeah you're, you're, you're yeah to my heart right when now. it yeah when it just slides out like butter and it slides back in like butter and you can just put it back into the gatefold or back into the album cover and it's just all like smooth Easy. just all smooth there's like no crazy yeah. noise there's no hang-ups yeah. anywhere yeah. it's just literally yeah. just yeah uh, what I, if you really like it, just check out the check out the record label or the pressing plant. Check out their website, and more often than not, they actually sell them as an accessory. That's awesome. Um, and I, I get, know with, I get all of my sleeves from Turntable Labs. Um, yeah, if I exactly. Have to buy extra sleeves, so Turntable and Labs is a good place. There is actually you kind of touched on this, but there is actually a really cool sonic benefit to using these. Mm -hmm. So because of the smoothness aspect, that means there's not there's it's a there's no friction putting in the record and taking out the record and that's good for static mm -hmm. um the reason if you're putting a record in and out and you any element of friction inherently will create some kind of static charge right so like i'm using this record cleaning machine this vacuum and this cleaning solution that in addition to taking care of any leftover dust or junk from the pressing plant it's also neutralizing the static charge so I'll, when i take that fresh clean record from my vacuum cleaning machine and i pop that into this sleek sleeve that's like frictionless that's why I don't have to bother using a record brush or um, yeah. anti-static yeah. gun you, or any of these random doohickeys that the yeah, people yeah you will you will so note I'm telling you guys this uh, and you know I'm I'm a very novice very beginner when it comes to this getting technical stuff right but I I'm I'm a testimony here like this is this is the way to treat your yeah. records right here especially with these sleeves you can notice when you pull that sleeve when you pull that record out of that sleeve you will notice huge difference from when you pull in a record out of uh, a paper a regular paper sleeve you will notice the lack of dust the lack of gunk all of that stuff and it makes it easier mm -hmm. to just easy maintenance for the record really quick before you throw it on a turntable yeah. and that's it yeah and everything that we're talking about like we're not selling you some random doohickeys and random yeah. little static guns and like 
super dolphin chemical solution, <laughs> random audiophile, whatever. You see like, it all out there. Yeah, we're, 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 we're giving you very basic stuff. We're, te- we're saying get a hound counter, keep track of the life of your cartridge in your belt. Mm-hmm. We're saying um, something like a br- uh, use the manufacturer's brush or use something like a magic eraser or Anza Zero Dust to take care of your, your stylus and making sure it's tip top. Um, you know, we're, we're giving you very basic stuff that doesn't cost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, the, yeah. the, the only, the, um, I feel like a record cleaning machine allows me to save money, not having to buy all these random brushes and yeah, doohickeys. Brushes and stuff. Yeah. Cause I have a lot of the brushes. So I, yeah, exactly. I, I, can, I can definitely, I can definitely attest to what you're yeah. saying. Like I have to buy all the brushes. I have, I have, yeah. a, I have a dust brusher. I have the yes. flat. I have the flat. Uh, the flat one, the flat brush, uh, yes. and then I have a, a like a lint roller type brush yes. also that I roll across. Yes. that picks up all the stuff. So yeah. I have like four brushes. So the the one advantage outside of cost, obviously, with the record cleaning machine is it basically should remove all of your need for having all those brushes. Mm-hmm. So just like your your space and your setup should be a little sleeker, sleeker and, yeah. more, and more streamlined. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, Ryan, man, I love talking to you guys. Like this is <laughs> this was this was one of those episodes too, man. It's, it's it was it was a real doozy, bro. And I think that we hit a lot of a lot of really good stuff, man. Like yeah, man. Yeah. I learned some stuff from you here. Like I took a, I took some notes. I'm gonna get me a hand counter now. I'm I'm, in, mm-hmm. I'm into this now mm-hmm. um, because the way I've been tracking my record plays is very weird. I, I don't want to tell it on air because because it doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> but but yeah, um, I think that's a very useful um, useful method of of keeping track of your plays. Um, I've I've definitely um, been honored to be able to talk to you here today. Um, and if well, thank you so much yeah just one more time just give people out your email if they have any of the technical yeah, questions yeah definitely definitely so you can reach me directly by email at uh, ryanclaren at gmail.com that's uh, ryanclaren at gmail.com um, as Noel had mentioned I am on the Instagram but yeah, I, I need to actually say. because I'm an old fogey and I don't even like what is my user like I even, notice you uh, said the I, Instagram I, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding so if you are a purveyor of the Instagram um, you can find me there uh, I think it's just under my name Ryan Claren yeah, I think you're. I think yeah, you're yeah. Ryan, Ryan Clantones. I think it's your yeah. username. Okay, right. Thank you. <laughs> like I don't. I don't even know my username. So thank you, kind sir. I had to think about it. Yeah, yeah. You could find me at Ryan Clarentones on Instagram, um, if you want to follow um, all of that stuff. Um, but email definitely, especially if you have something like technical or if you have like, hey, you, you started to talk about this, but can you go into more detail? Uh, please, please, please reach out to me by email. And um, I'd love to um, engage with you directly through that means as well. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been another episode of the Record Spinner podcast, the Record Spinner podcast, where we talk about all things black vinyl music. Thank you again to Ryan for coming through, dropping some gems on the getting technical side. Uh, this episode will likely go up in two two parts. Um, I'm thinking uh, because we we did two hours almost essentially, um, and so you know it's typical, typical <laughs> Noel and Ryan. You know, what I mean? like that's what that's what we do. Uh, but yeah, you guys take it easy out there. Peace. <laughs>